Hello, this is Sophie Dawson from sophiedawson.com and this is episode 155 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And this one is about the art. We're looking at part two of an article from the book Creating Stylized Characters by 3D Toto Papare Shing. And this one is the article called Gesture and Pose with the artist Ida Hem. Last week I was actually calling this artist Ida Hem. I don't know why, but when I see, sometimes when I see the letter I, I say E instead of I. So I was calling her Ida Hem. So I apologise for that. But she's actually called Ida Hem. I'll talk a bit more about her in a minute. But this is part two. Last week we looked at well, the, the the article the article is called Gesture and Pose. And last week we looked at parts one and two, which covered what is gesture, squashing and stretching, and building up from a gesture. And I feel like last week was more sort of about how what you should be doing. Is it, it last week's was more sort of like what is gesture? Getting in, getting into it. What we're doing this week, we're looking at parts three and four, capturing gestures and exploring personality and gesture. Well, this one's brilliant. What we're doing now is we're getting more into how to actually do it, how to use reference and how to, well, how to use, how to turn references into po- gestures and poses and, and how to draw gestures and poses from your imagination. This is a really fun one. So I hope you're going to enjoy this. Little Dennis, little Kais is with us, and he's going to get us straight into this one, because he's, he's excited, he is. Boing! He gets us right into it. Little Kitty, if you're watching on YouTube, at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson, you can see these, these two little, well, what they are, they're little puppets, but little cat, little kitty, and little dog. <laughs> they're little friends, look, kissing. They're in their little house now. Safe and sound, Ah. I think Kitty's Kitty's died. I think he, now now little Dennis is going to be um, humping her by the looks of it because that's what they do in that house. They get they get out to stuff. Let's get into this one now. Can you hear my squeaky chair? He, it's quite weird, isn't it? I like that. Sometimes it sounds like a fart. I find it quite fun. But let's get into this one. So this the we're looking in the art book called Creating Stylized Characters by 3D Total Publishing. Before we get into it, I just what they've done is when they created this book, the word stylized is spelled S T Y L I Z E R. And well, for me, stylized should be with an S. So I thought to myself, oh, I know it's because in America America they use Zs or Zs, what they call them Zs, don't they? But in 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 England we we use S's. So I thought to myself, why is it that America uses Z's instead of S's? I think it actually it's a bit cooler with Z's, but I like S's because it's true. It, it's like what I'm used to, you know. <laughs> but this one we're looking at an article. It's called Gesture and Pose by the artist Ida Hem. Like I said, I was I was pronouncing her name wrong last week, but you can find her little website at idahem.com it's a really cool little website and also she is on instagram at ida something hem oh we've lost the thingy magic here 
yeah so if you're watching on youtube you can see a thing but she's got such cool artwork like i said last week it sort of it reminds me of like 80s and 90s cartoons that's what it reminds me of really cool characters very cool characters and i as i said last week i think it's cool if you're studying from somebody who's got artwork you like because it, it means you're going to be bringing in a bit of their style hopefully into your own stuff so last week we looked at what is gesture stretching and squashing and building up from a gesture so i'll put links and everything in the in the show notes at sophielawson.com but little dennis has joined us as well look <laughs> so little dennis is with us sitting on the little desk i think he, he, he he's I think he's missing out. He thinks he's missing out, I think, when he's in his little house. So this one is brilliant. This one's going to be a little bit different than last week. Last week, I was sort of going through my notes quite a lot. This one, I'm going to do a lot more reading of the actual article because what I found was this one is a lot more sort of... There's a lot of information in, in the little bits that she's wrote in this article. So I really wanted to explain, talk about the things. But So the main takeaways I got from this one is reference versus imagination with, with your gestures. And that is, that's with theory and examples. So we see examples of how to use reference and how to use imagination to create these gestures. We also look into things you should be asking and looking out for when you're creating gestures. I love that. It's like questions you should be asking yourself. The balance between rules and imagination. Exaggeration, that word again. Observing characters' weight. I feel like that's a a big one. I feel like that is a really important one when creating gestures is the the angles and the weight of the character. So I noticed that a lot coming up in this bit was she kept mentioning the weight. So you've got to be mindful of the weight. They've also got the balance. Yeah, balance. The word balance as well kept coming up. Balance between lots of things. Balance between the character's pose, like the weight of the character, shifting the weight around, but also the balance between like shapes and stuff. Visual flow, how less is more. Asking yourself questions as you're bringing characters to life. I love that. It's almost like you're having a conversation with yourself. But you're not really. What we find out by towards the end of this article is... We're actually talking to the character. It's like the character is responding to our, our questions. I love it, I do. She, she almost like... Well, we'll get into it in a minute. And then also we've got the balance of technical and feeling. And then I've put three words, story, story, story. That was the main thing that popped out on this bit, was, the, was story, really. Gestures are all about story. And there is so much story in these characters. It's a brilliant one, this. So, well, we're going to start with capturing gestures. So what have I put? In my little notes, I said, I said, read the little intro. So what we've got in this bit is we've got, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six. We've got six poses. And what she's done is she's, she's drawn a, a pose from, I think there's three of them from her, from reference, three of them from her imagination. And then what she's done is she's firstly, she's just drawn it, but then she's also 
she's done another one where she's done a pose of it exaggerating features it's brilliant so so but the thing that she said at the start was listen to this look now that you know what a gesture is and how to use one to create a character design how do you use reference and your imagination to create a character it's brilliant creating art is an extremely personal process and every artist has their own unique way of approaching it this process will differ from many artists so while you read this section know that it's good to develop develop your own way of capturing gestures to suit your artistic needs i love that because like a lot of the other articles they say this is how i do it but you might not you might not resonate with it this is what i love every single artist has like a different way of approaching creating characters and even though we're all sort of using the same things we're doing it in different ways so i love that because it what she's basically saying is experiment don't take my word for it either <laughs> do it do it for yourself sort of thing so i'll put in my notes i said be open to try different approaches and then oh she also said it's preferable to draw gestures from reference because it will create better results and it and there's lots and she said there's much more to learn from it because you're learning how to observe which is something we said here so last week i said about how as you're going through this book key words are highlighted in a different color so the the word actually pops out of the article so some of the words that have been highlighted in this is observation interpretation imagination and then you get observation again fundamentals so what's good about this is if you're going through this book and you for instance wanted to learn you wanted to study observation you can look for that word and it will pop out at you so you can read that little bit so she says here while drawing from reference there are two important aspects to keep in mind observation and interpretation so in this video in if the article she's actually she's she's talking about how to draw gestures and poses from reference images and what you should be looking out for and then she's also doing it with the imagination as well so i love it i do and then she also gives us examples so we see how to draw how to draw references no how to draw poses from a reference image so how to turn a reference image into a gesture but also how to turn your imagination into a gesture as well so it's brilliant and and then we've got little what we get is we get little drawings and we also get a little bit of writing where she's explaining what's happening so we'll go through that in a minute but also in here i've put oh, ask questions so she she keeps in this bit here she's like she's giving you example questions you should be asking or you, that you could ask so for instance when you're drawing from reference you want to ask yourself what is the pose telling us how can i expand upon it i love that because what she does is when she goes through her little examples in a minute she'll firstly she'll she'll look at the reference which is a character for instance sitting down on a chair she'll draw it just observing it and then she'll she'll ask herself well she'll ask herself how can i expand upon it so for instance she might look at it and think you might have a character sitting down with his legs crossed or something and then she she might she might think i can make that a lot more exciting by really over exaggerating the leg so it's more crossed so then when she comes to do her one she'll like push 
the leg to make it more exciting. So what she's doing is she's sort of showing you how you can use reference, but bring your own sort of interpretation into it. Yeah, that's the word she uses observation and interpretation so what i love is what i love about this is you're using reference but you're also being creative you're sort of bringing yourself into it i thought it's cool so here we've got gestures are all about emotion and storytelling <laughs> i like that and she says oh look this is it she says you don't have to draw exactly what you see and then what i put so that's where she's saying you're using the reference to sort of as a reference. And then I thought to myself, I made this up. I thought it's quite cool. When we got reference images, they're reference, not replica. <laughs> so what we've got, what you've got to remember is you're not replicating it. You're using it as a reference. So you want to interpret. I thought it's quite cool. And she's put here, exaggerate to highlight the important parts, like hips on a sexy pose. So I started thinking about this. So one of these characters, for instance, we've got a, well, we've got a, a girl sitting on a chair and when she's talking about drawing the pose, she says about how she noticed or she observed that the, the character's hips were very pushed to one side. She was talking about the weight of the character. So when she comes to do a little pose where she's exaggerating it, she really pushes the hips, like really emphasises the hips which creates a much more sexy pose. But I thought to myself, it's, this is why, because last week I talked about how if you're acting out the poses, you actually feel the pose. So when you feel the pose, that feeling comes into it as you're drawing. So for instance, you've got a character here who's sitting on a chair with a, with a bum that's slightly pushed to one side. But if you actually acted out that pose, you would feel the weight of you would feel the weight of your hip you would feel the tension of your hips being pushed so then when you come to draw it you would remember that and you'd be like right when i was doing that pose i could feel you can basically feel what your body's doing so when you when you feel what your body's doing it makes it easier to draw it because you can start capturing what you're feeling so that's why i thought to myself i feel like maybe well, if you were struggling with the pose, I feel like the best thing to do is act it out. I feel like that's quite a powerful thing to do, to act it out. I like that. And then I've, I put here, it goes back into the feeling. So then she's, what I've put here is, oh, I love this. So when she says, when you're, when observing, ask, where, where are they leaning their weight? So when you're observing a character or a reference and you're, t you're, you're drawing it, you want to ask where are they where are they leaning their weight where is the line of action how are how are the sh shoulders placed in relation to the hips so sh what she's doing is she's telling you sort of things to be looking out for so if you know to be if you know to be mindful of the weight where the character's weight is you're actually going to look for it so when you start doing your poses you can start sort of playing into that and start pushing those areas and stuff I'll put here a beautiful quote, single entity on the second paragraph. Let's have a look and see if I can fi find it. Oh, look, here we go. It, so she's talking here about observation and interpreting reference images. So she says, the important part is not just to draw what you see, 
but to capture the entire subject as one single entity, which goes into the line of action that we talked about last week. Yeah, it's cool. So I really like this because it's like you're looking at the character, but you're actually turning it into sort of shapes. <laughs> it's quite weird. I like it, I do. And then she starts moving into the imagination bit. So she said, I'll put here, balance between imagination and rules. Reference equals rules. Stops you going into extremes. Oh, yeah. Because she started talking about imagination, how it's fun to draw from your imagination. But she was talking about how when you're drawing from reference, oh, she said something really good here, look. Drawing from your imagination is completely different. It may be more fun and, and maybe better fuel for your creativity, but it is, it is extremely important to always bounce back to reference to make sure you're improving without leaving behind the foundations. So I like that. There's this balancing act going on here between having fun and create, like drawing from your imagination, but also making sure you're sticking to the rules. So this is basically what she's talking about the whole time is looking at the reference but also sort of playing with it, pushing it, but you're pushing it without breaking it. That's the thing. So like you're pushing the hips right to the limit of what they could do. So it makes it more exciting, but it keeps it believable. It's quite, it's quite cool. So I've got a little quote here. She says, drawing from imagination... Oh, this is what I just said. Drawing from imagination comes with a whole whole different set of challenges instead of observation and interpreting you are creating but then she says the same concepts apply to gestures this bit here look a good gesture should have a clear story slash action accurate line weight and then a line of action to follow so what i liked about this was if you get the if you get the weight of the character this is how you start seeing how everything's all interconnected the weight of the character, so where the hips are, if those hips are really pushed to one side, that's going to change the line of action because the line of action is going to have to flow through the hips. So it's amazing, really, how all the things are linked together. So then what we get is we get six different poses. We're going to get examples of stylized gestures captured from everyday, less stylized poses. <laughs> so what she's doing is she's taking sort of what could be considered just everyday boring poses and she turns them into stylized exciting poses and she does three of them from reference images and three of them from the imagination which is brilliant so what was the here? she's yeah she's turning potentially boring poses into exciting ones and again like last week i feel like this is a really fun way to learn because what what you're doing is you're you're she's telling you sort of things to be looking out for with text, but then she's giving you visuals to look at, and then she's explaining what you're looking at. This article is one of the was a beautifully put together article. It is so the first pose we've got. I called this one <laughs> the I'm a zombie pose. So basically, what it is is it's a bloke sitting on a chair looking at his phone. So he's basically turned into a zombie. He's like zoned in on his phone. So the first one, what we get, so the first bit we get, she says, this is a quick sketch based on a reference. So she's doing an observational sketch. And then what she's doing is 
she then she says this is a simplified gesture so what she's doing is she first looks at the reference and draws it like a little sketch and then what she's doing is she's bringing her imagination in so she's using that reference and she's turning it into a stylized gesture and she tells you sort of the things that she's pushing and pulling and all the things she's playing with so the first one she's observed he's straight back so what we've got is a character sitting on a chair looking at his phone and she's noticed he's got a very straight back so then when she comes to do her little gesture she overemphasizes his straight back but she balances it and plays it off against his curved arms so what she does is she gets she keeps the straightness of his back but she overemphasizes and overcurves his legs because then what we get is we get this balance between straight and curvy so she's still she's still being true to the reference but she's she's just sort of changing it slightly so everything gets a bit more curvy which is cool and you notice it's really little things simple little things and then she said she she this gives him makes him more curvy for balance and then oh i love this as well he's basically sitting on a chair in the sketch you can sort of see the chair and it's quite it looks quite detailed and stuff in the little gesture she even simplifies the chair and turns it into these lines which sort of play into the flow of the character it's amazing isn't it so what she's doing is it's not just the character that she's sort of well this is what i said last week everything's got a gesture even the chair has got a gesture so she's basically turning that chair into a a stylized gesture really even though she's keeping the chair there she's she's playing with the chair as well and then i'll put here she's looking at the hole so she's because i feel like well if i had done this i don't know whether i would have done that with a chair i'm not sure but that just shows what she's doing she's sort of mindful of everything she can see how everything's playing off against each other i like that but the other thing is by putting that chair in there she's creating a negative shape she's creating a negative shape between the chair and the bloke's back so this is the thing this is how you start notice like it's amazing it is everything sort of comes together but the next one we've got a character holding a bunch of flowers and i called this one the waiting patiently pose it looks like a lady i, I was quite intrigued by this one because i thought to myself it looked a little bit I, I wondered whether she was like grieving for somebody who her husband who had died or something and then you wondered whether she was standing at a wedding or something so i was i was fascinated by this one but the first one this is what she's observed she's she's observed it as a straight static pose but she says senses she's waiting for something so i like that because she in that in her observation she's not just observing the thing she's looking at she's not just observing the lines and the shapes and the weight of the character she's also observing the story that's coming out of the of the reference image how cool is that because if she's observing that she can now take that story into a stylized one which i think is brilliant so in the stylized one oh this is cool she's basically kept it the same but she slightly twisted the head so what we've got is we've got a character 
he was just basically standing well we're looking at her side on really and she's holding some flowers so she's looking to the left when she turns it into a gesture a stylized gesture she basically she sort of twists the character a bit more so we're looking more at like a three-quarter angle and what she does is the only thing she does really is separates the legs so what that does is it firstly it creates a little shape between the legs which is quite cool we now get the weight of the character and also we get this little gest we get this line of action it's a much more sort of it's much more exciting even though it's the same it's brilliant i put it up here look in my notes i said same pose but feels totally different just by twisting the hips it's brilliant how little things like that are quite powerful this next pose i love this one i think this might be well this is a this is another one using reference this is the final one what we've got is we've got a lady sitting on like an armchair she's got a well a piece of paper or a photograph or something in her hand big smiling face on her and she's got like her knees one of her knees is underneath her her other leg no one of her legs is underneath her knee so she's sort of like sitting on her foot <laughs> it's quite cool so this one i called it the love letter pose because for me i got the, i got the impression she was reading a love letter or something because she had like a nice happy little face so in, this is what ida observed she observed the weight on left side so when she's when she did a little sketch she observed the weight on the left side and she also she said observe the weight on the left side while the spine curves in the opposite direction so she's basically what she's done there is she sort of noticed the well the pinching and pulling but also that's given her the line of action for when she comes to do her stylized pose so in her stylized pose she exaggerates the curve to make more weight to make the weight more evident so what she yeah exaggerates the curve of the hips to make the weight more evident so she's basically pushing the character much more over to the left focuses on what oh, i like this she says she focused on what she found most interesting that reminds me of something it's that thing of like draw what you love it's like if you're doing a still life sometimes they say when you're doing a still life get like some cups and the saucepans and stuff put them on your desk but i've always thought to myself if you're not into saucepans if you haven't got any excitement for what you're drawing you're not going to that excitement is going to show so basically i've always said draw things that you love so if you're doing still lifes i would say pick up things that you're finding exciting maybe even pick up pens and that but i love that it's like what what she's doing is she she's drawing what she she's focusing on the areas of the character that she found most interesting so then what that made me think was you could have like a hundred people look at this reference image of this lady sitting on a chair and we would each draw we would each do our stylized gesture completely differently because ida is looking at the the hips and she likes that but for instance somebody else might look at it and love this character's hair and they might emphasize the hair and make it overexcited or somebody might look at the letters and like the way the character's fingers are touching the letter so they might sort of focus in on that or somebody else might focus on the foot or even the chair somebody else might like the chair so i thought i thought to myself it's amazing this 
like you could have a million people do this pose and we're all going to come up with something completely different which i like that i thought it was cool and i'll, I'll put it here look so even though we're using reference we're still being creative <laughs> it's cool isn't it so the next ones we've got three more little poses for this this section of the article so now we get three poses that Ida has drawn from her imagination. The first one, we've got a character, like a little lady holding like a load of books. She looks sort of like a student or something. And she's got her arm on her head as if, she, you know, when you're doing that thing, you're looking into the distance. She's doing that. So for this one, I call this pose the ship has sailed pose. <laughs> so this one's done with imagination. There's no reference being used here. And in the first in the first one when she'd done a little sketch, so a little sketch from her imagination, she says this is what she said props create weight. So the I like this. The the props, which are the books, the books that the character's holding, is actually creating weight for the character. So what those books are pulling the character's arm down. So that's actually shifting into the pose. So I, I love this as well. It's almost like it's not just the character it's not just the actual the body that is creating the pose it's accessories as well and also if we went back to the one with the chair the chair is also influencing the pose so again you see how everything is interconnected with each other i thought i love that a lot and then she's also she's talking about the angles and the weight She's, she said, the most notable parts are the sharp angle of her raised arm and the sense of weight created by the book hanging down in her in her hand. So I, I thought that was quite quite interesting. And then I've also put negative shape between the arm. So you've, with that arm that's up on... When she's got her arm up on her head, you've got like a triangle. You've got a nice little negative shape there between the thing. But what I love about this is... In the little sketch, that negative shape is 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 quite intricate. You've got like it's basically it's got a sleeve in it, but it's got like lots of little jaggies for a sleeve. When she does a stylized pose, it's just straight lines. This is something else she talks about in a minute. Is basically getting rid of details. It's like less is more. So in the thing when she in the thing when she does a little stylized pose. What she does is she straightens the legs, which I thought was quite interesting because in all the other ones, she's always been adding more bends. So she's all at the start, she was saying about straight is boring. Well, in this instance, straight is actually more exciting because what that straight does is it the straight balances off with the curve. Because what she does is as well, she pushes the character's bum out a bit more to create more of a curve. So now we end up with a curve and a straight. Which is something I noticed, I put down the takeaways, it's the balance between straights and curves. We've got lots of balancing acts going on here. You've got balancing of shapes, balancing of the weight of the character, balancing of lines, like straights and curves, balancing of accessories. It's brilliant. And then also, yeah, I'll put here, look, all about balancing. So I put balancing pose, shapes, straights and curves and weight brilliant the next pose i like this one it's like a fat happy chappy i got the impression he was going off to work but i called this one the 
do 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 the do 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 pose. He's sort of it's like he's sort of swinging. He's got a little briefcase, and I can imagine him sort of walking along, swinging that briefcase from side to side, like a happy chappy. So he's a big fat guy, lots of round shapes going on. So this one is another one for my imagination. And in, in the imagination, in a little drawing that she drew from a, a little sketch from imagination, this is what she mentioned. She said, there's a sense of action slash motion, which creates a story. So she done that. What she's done is one of his feet, one of his feet is going backwards. The other one's coming up as if he's in the middle of walking. So you get that impression of motion, which she says is creating a story, action. And then also subtle line of action. She said there is a line of action going on here. It's very subtle. So then when she does a little, when she, what do you call it, simplifies the gesture, she overemphasizes that line of action. Oh, I love this as well. So when she does a simplified gesture, she says less lines. I love that. Less is more. What she does is, but basically she's, she's removing lots of detail. So in her little sketch, for instance, his jacket, he's got like, he's got, well, his sleeve, for instance, he's got lots of little wrinkles. And also you get, it's like you see two parts to his arm in his sleeve. When she does a stylized gesture, it's only one line. So everything's just getting simplified. And even his hand, instead of his hand being like a separate shape, his hand sort of flows effortlessly into his arm. So what that does is it, it just creates a much more nicer flow to the character, which goes in with the motion. You get the, the impression he's swinging his legs. <laughs> Quite cool. And even his feet are now, they're sort of more curvy. It's brilliant. So she says, pushes a line of action to make more act to make it more active. So she's overemphasizing the action of it. Creates a straight line, straight curve to raised leg. Yeah, she basically his leg before when she did a little drawing, his leg was like straight. Now it's actually become a curve, much more curvy. And then she said the word visual flow. I love that. She she mentioned that phrase a few times, visual flow. So then the last one we've got is another one from her imagination. What we've got is we've got a, a, a female character, quite a sexy one. And what she's doing is she's sort of like, it's, well, for me, it looks like she's in the middle of dancing or as if she's about to start dancing. So I call this one the shall we dance pose. <laughs> quite cool. So in her little, little sketch from imagination, this is what she said. She emphasised the word feminine. So she's thinking feminine. What I love about this is, if she's thinking feminine, as she's drawing it, she's thinking that. So little things like the character's hand, for instance, we get that little sexy little... You know when characters have their hand out, like little dainty things? We get that. We also get high heels. And everything's just more sort of sexy, I suppose. She also mentions it, mentions that word again, the contaposto, the contaposto, which is an Italian word. We talked about that last week. It's all to do with the balancing, the pinching and pulling, the weight of the character. So she, she talks about that again, which I like that because it, it shows you what she's thinking as she's creating a character. She's, she's mindful of the 
the pinching and pulling. Oh, she also mentioned the S-curve. I love this. So she said the S-curve works well for posing elegant female characters. And I thought to myself, the reason for that is the, the S-curve, so the line of action is an, an S. It looks like an S. What that does is it sort of pushes everything into curves. So you end up with curvy hips and legs. And you also end up with curvy torsos. And then you also end up with like twisting going on. So everything just starts getting pushed in like a sexy way. And then cause I, and I thought to myself, that S-curve, which is the line of action, it, it, it dictates the shapes that follow, which is what she talked about last week. She talked about that last week, how the line of action sort of flows through the entire process of creating your character. So if, you, if your character's got like an S-curve, all the shapes that come later the structure, it's all going to be like flowing through that S-curve. It's quite cool, I thought. And that was basically it. And then, so the last the last thing I put here, she says, what is it? Gesture. A lot of detail is not always needed or indeed effective. Less is more. So again, if we look at her, if, we, if you saw a little sketch that she did, the, the character's hip, for instance, it's almost like, well, firstly, the little dress, she's wearing this little float floaty dress and she's holding one side of the dress up with her hand so in the in the little sketch the dress is is like in one two parts so you've got like it's almost like it's almost like two separate curves to the dress when she does a stylized that those two lines becomes one but that happens everywhere so you've got you've got like two lines on each side of the skirt but that actually becomes one line. But then you've also got another line for the waist. So if you looked at the... If you counted the lines on one side of this character, it would be one, two, three, four. You, it sort of looks like four sort of zigzags. But in the stylized one, it's actually just one flowing line. It's one flowing line. So that's where you can sort of see how the the, the line of action... It's not just flowing through the character, it's flowing through the, the clothing as well. It's quite it's quite amazing. But I love it how she what I love about this bit of the article, this section, the capturing gestures, she's basically she's drawing from reference and drawing from imagination. But you can when she's when she turns her little sketches into stylized poses or gestures, what I love is it looks like the original drawing, but it also looks a lot more... It looks different. It's weird. It's the same, but different. It's brilliant. But you can really... What I love is you can really look at these two little drawings and notice for yourself. You can notice what she's doing. So you can see what she's simplifying. So when you come to do it yourself, you sort of know. You sort of start realising what you can do brilliant oh this bit here we're into the last section of this article now called exploring personality and gesture so for this one i'm actually going to read quite a lot of the article because i think it's brilliant but what we've got is we've got we've got what she does is she's she's created a little character and we get three we get seven poses of this character so we've got seven poses of the same character with the 
the point of the pose is to bring across the story of the character. So we get seven little poses. Some of them is capturing the essence of the character. Some of them aren't. But what we, what we realise is all of these poses are beautiful. But just because it's beautiful pose doesn't mean it's actually going to be right for the character. So this is where we start getting to that thing of the, the pose and the gesture having a story. So if the character is a shy character and we have this pose of like confidence, it might be an amazing pose, but you've got to ask yourself, does this pose fit with my character? Which goes into something they talk about in the other articles. Before you even start drawing, you want to write down about your, your character so that you've got the story of the character before you start drawing. And then, and then you start knowing what, for me, what it looks like to me is she she creates a she creates a story of a character and then she pulls words out so she might put out the word insecure if that's one of the character's like traits and then she'll she'll take that word and she'll start doing little poses little gesture drawings of that word insecure and then she'll look at all these poses and she'll say does that pose look like insecure if it does she'll keep it if it doesn't she just she'll discard it so this bit here, this is what I put in my notes. I said, gestures are good for, what's this, brainstorming sessions. Yeah, gestures are good for brainstorming sessions because they're quick, less detailed. So it's good for exploring character development ideas. It's almost like, you know that thing where you get the, you draw like a you draw a circle with a word in the middle, like for instance, spider. And then you have, oh, it's a spider, a spider chart, isn't it? You have like all these lines coming off the centre. So you have a word spider and it'll say like eight legs. Another word will say like furry. Another word will say spider web or something. And that builds up like a picture of the spider. It's almost like that. With these things here. This is what gesture's like. It's like gesture is like... It's the equivalent of drawing a spider graph. <laughs> spider chart good for exploring character development ideas as i put it in my notes i said read posing your character i love this the character is revealing themselves to you so where have, where have we put this this is what she wrote in the article i absolutely love this she says posing your character and drawing their expressions is one of the most important parts of getting to know their personality while sketching them for the first time the character should be the one to reveal themselves and their personality and temperament emerging from their backstory and manifesting organically in their poses. How amazing is that? When, while sketching them for the first time, the characters should be the one to reveal themselves to you. I love that. It goes into something I talked about before. When I was doing some painting, it was abstract painting. I was doing some abstract painting. It was almost, I got this impression that the paint was working with me so I'd put paint on the canvas I'd start painting I had an idea in mind but it was like the paint had its own idea so what would happen is you you sort of you could fight it and say no I want it to be like this but the best thing to do is to let the paint do what it wants because the paint sort of knows better than you sometimes (laughs) so you end up with this thing where the paint and you are working together it's like it sounds like it's the same thing going on here the character is working with you so you might have an idea for a pose, but the character might actually want 
want a different pose. So you've got to let the character pose itself as much as you. I thought it was brilliant. And then she uh, she also said, in that little bit there, she said about that it should be, what is it? Yeah, she said, and the temperament emerging from their backstory. So she highlighted the word backstory, which made me think about the thing they say in the other articles about writing. It all starts with writing. Character design all starts with writing. The backstory, you should know the backstory of the character before you even start drawing. The thing is, though, saying that, Peniel Oram, who I'd looked at some articles last month, she actually didn't start with writing. She went, she jumped straight into it. So again, like what Ida said at the start of this little thing here, she says this is how she does it, but it's not necessarily the way you should do it. It just shows you that, like she's saying here, it should emerge from their backstory, but you might actually enjoy drawing characters without any idea of what they're going to be doing. So I like that because it, it sort of shows you that you, there's no rules really. There are rules, but there's not rules at the same time. It's quite cool. Oh, I like this as well. So she says, you want to be asking yourself what feels right. You want to, As you're gesturing, you want to be asking yourself what feels right. So do your little gesture and then ask yourself, does this feel right? But you're asking, does it feel right in relation to the character? So in other words... Does this does this pose? I've got hiccups again. Does this pose and does this gesture feel right for the character? Not does it look right, but does it feel right? And I've also put happy little accidents. It made me think of that. The way the character's sort of working with you. It's like little happy little accidents. Oh, and I've also put one's never enough. Yeah, lots of poses equals more understanding of their personality. So earlier she said about these are good for brainstorming because they're they're very quick. They only take like, well, 30 seconds even, not even that. You can get little poses, little gestures down. So what is it? Lots of poses. Yeah. Understanding their personality. It goes into that thing about thumbnails as well. When you're doing thumbnails, they say you don't want to go with your first one. It's a, It's one of my... One of my bad habits, I suppose, at the moment is when I'm doing little drawings of things, I always, I nine times out of ten, will go with the first thumbnail. But the thing is, it, you do more thumbnails. The more you do, the more... Because normally what happens is, the more you do, they they get they get really weird towards the end because you start having to think outside the box. And it's quite amazing what you come up with like later on. So it's the same thing here. Start doing all these gestures. You might come up with some crazy one later on, which is the best one ever. And you wouldn't have come up with that because you, you would have gone with the first one. So she says about just do loads of them. But also, the more you do, and the more... The, if you keep asking yourself what feels right, you, you'll end up with a bunch of poses that feel right. And then you can look at all of those. You've got a much better understanding of your character visually. Because you'll have all these poses and they'll be telling a story. So I thought, it was, oh, I thought it was brilliant. And I've put, I love that the character tells you. I really love that. It's like you've got a relationship with this character. Like they are, they're alive. And I feel that with my little Sophie. I really do feel like she's alive. Which is cool. He, 
and I'll put here, be okay with crap poses is part of the process. She says here, this is a trial and error arc. There is a trial and error arc to this process. Don't it? So don't expect every pose to be perfect. I thought that was nice as well. So in this bit of the article, the final bit, we get seven poses of the same character and they're highlighting personality. And I said here, it's like she took a bunch of keywords and turned them into poses. It starts with writing or at least understanding your character's story. But then I've also put, but like she said, as you play with your character, the character themselves might show sides, might show different sides to themselves. So in other words, you might have this story of the character, but as you're as you're playing around with these gestures and stuff, the character might actually come up with its own ideas. And you might think, yeah, I like that. It might actually fit better with the character. So even though you're well, this is what I've talked about on other articles, episodes as well. It's like the whole process of drawing, it's not its not just that you do the writing. You, it's not that you get the story and that, that's it. You then do your drawing. What happens is you do, your, you do your story, you do your drawing. As you're doing your drawing, you're also getting more of the story. It's this constant back and forth going on between the whole process of drawing. Brilliant. Creating characters. Yeah, I'll put here, look, you're both, you're both creating together. And then she, I'll put here, so in this bit here, she shows good and bad poses of the same idea, which is brilliant. This was just like last week. Last week, we had this thing where she had, like, gestures, and she'd have, she'd have one which was really good, and she'd talk about why it's a good pose. She'd have another one where it wasn't so, so good, and she'd talk about why it wasn't so good. She's doing the same thing here. But there's a difference here. This isn't about the pose. This isn't about whether the pose is good or not. This is about whether the the feeling of the pose is right for the character or not. It's cool. But it shows you how like there's lots of things going on here. So what I did was I started writing about each of the poses. And then I realised that the best thing to do was actually just to read her Ida's little bits about the pose. Because she's, she's done it brilliantly. I love this bit. And I've put it here. So this is the final bits for this. I like the, I like the straights and curves. Because what I like about Ida is she's got this constant... What do you call it? Balance of straight and straight lines and curve lines. I've noticed that in all of her, all of her little poses, you've, you've got this nice balance between straights and curves. I, thought it was, I love that. I like the way the character's feet are always at odd angles. See, so this character is a character sort of that's a bit insecure. That's one of her sort of character traits. And the poses that that Ida says are really good, the character's always got these uh, their feet at weird angles, almost at like impossible angles. They're tilted in on themselves. But it's brilliant because it creates this feeling of like awkwardness. So what I love is... The character is a little bit awkward. That's part of her personality. So it actually comes off in her in her, her feet. Her feet are in awkward poses, which actually is brilliant. It's like the the feeling of the character is being shown visually in the body. It's it's cool, it is. And then I've also put I like the, the accessories, the outfit, and the poses all tell stories. So the character's outfit. It tells a story because she's got these little flat shoes on, sort of like, like you know, like little cute little shoes. These big massive glasses, 
a bit like a, a geek sort of thing. And then she's also holding like books and stuff. So you get the idea that she's like a bit of a bookworm or something. So you get you, the accessories and stuff actually tell stories as well. It's not just the pose or the, the character. I've also put, what is it? A good, a good pose isn't just about the technical, it's about the feeling. Yeah, so this bit here, this bit of the article, she's not asking are these poses technically good. She's asking are these poses feeling good? Whereas before, in the one when she was looking at what is gesture, she was actually asking are these poses technically good? So that was, I thought that was quite an interesting like di- distinction thing. And I've also, the final bit I put was little things, like little, oh yeah. So basically one of these poses, the character is very gently tugging on her skirt, but in a very sort of awkward way. You know, like imagine if your skirt was getting blown up by the wind, you sort of like push it down. She's doing that. I can I can feel what that feels like. I love it. And uh, what I love is it, that little thing there, it's got so much story in that one little gesture. So again, it shows you how subtle things and little things are powerful. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work through each of these little poses. We've got seven, seven little poses. So the first one, we've got a, a, the character. This character is basically, she looks like a student, a little a girl, little girl. She's got long hair. Big, massive glasses, a bit of a geek. She's got a little, like, it's like a little schoolgirl outfit on. Flat shoes, and what else would I say? She's very thin, and but she looks really cool. <laughs> so in the f- the first one, we've got the character is holding a bunch of books in her arm, and hunching her back over, and her uh, her legs. So we've got a curvy top, and then we've got like a triangular thing for her feet. Because her feet are going in on themselves. So she, this is what she said. She says, this is what Ida said. She said, when looking at this gesture, you see immediately, you can immediately tell what kind of character, what kind of person this character is. She is smart and insecure, but kind hearted. Curving her back as if she is making herself as small as possible is a great indicator of the insecure aspect. The pose speaks to her character, which makes it a strong pose. <laughs> It's cool. So basically, because that pose is it now it lines up with her backstory. She says that's a good one. And then I like the fact that she's telling you little things you can do. If you want an insecure character, she's sort of telling you you can you got to make him make him shorter. So that goes back into what she talked about last week with the stretching and squashing. You want to squat. You want to squash the character. <laughs> Makes it a little bit insecure. The next one we've got. This character looks a lot more confident, but it still looks a little bit sort of shy, I suppose. But we've what she's doing? She's got one arm behind her back, the other one going straight down. So again, we've got one side of the character, the hip is pushed out. So we've got like a curvy, and then we've also got like a straight on the other side. So we get this thing of straights and curves again. So in this one, she says, when you're making poses for a specific character, you have to keep their personality in mind. The pose may be technically strong, but if it doesn't correspond with their personality, it will render the pose weak, no matter how well it is drawn. This pose is weak because it is generic, 
and does not communicate much about this character, whom I imagine to be very bookish, awkward and, and shy. <laughs> I like that, because I like that pose. But like she says, just because it's a nice pose doesn't mean it's right for the character. So the next one, we've got a super confident pose here. The character is pushing their chest up. Yeah, very... Well, this one is like stretching. So instead of squishing, instead of the character being squished or squashed, she's actually being stretched. So because we know that squashing makes it insecure, we know that this one's... Because it's stretching, it's going to be more confident. So we already know this one's not going to be fitting in with the backstory. But I like the pose on this one because she's got a finger up as if, like, I'm the best. So she's, this is what Ida says. She says, here's another example of a pose that looks good, but is a wrong choice for the character's personality. As mentioned earlier, puffing up the chest and spreading the legs is an indicator of outgoing confidence, which directly conflicts with this with her established personality. Brilliant, isn't it? Oh, the next pose. I love this pose. This is probably one of my favourite poses in, in this whole article. Yeah, I think it is. So what we've got is we've got this. We've got this. The character is wearing a little. She's wearing a little school schoolgirl outfit, but it's that pose where I said about it's like the it's like the skirt is being blown up by the wind. She's pulling it down. So you've got a little bit of tension going on here with her skirt, but what it does is it creates it creates like a straight line against the curviness. So there's a bit of excitement going on there. And also, for me, that's telling a story. Because it, she, she, it's basically, what I love here is, she's, she's doing the same sort of pose that she did in the previous pose. But instead of it being the confident version, it's fitting in more, more with the character. So whereas the, the confident one was being stretched, here again we're seeing squashed. So she's being squashed. But what I love is... She's still got stretching going on because of the arm, so you're you're getting the you're still getting the stretching going on, even though she's being squashed, which comes in here. It's like this this character is sort of trying to be confident or assertive, but she is a natural trait is to be a bit more shy. So I, I thought it was brilliant. I love this pose. I do. It's cool. So in the little thing, she said, this is what Ida said, this is a better representation of the idea shown before, but with a more appropriate approach for the character's personality. Tugging on her skirt out of shyness while voicing her opinion speaks volumes about who she is as a person and makes this a strong gesture. She is not a person who would have an active silhouette out of will. (laughs) So that goes into something she talked about last week as well about the silhouettes these poses are not just about the poses they're linked in with the silhouettes as well it's quite cool it is so the next one oh, another fantastic pose this book this article has got some really fantastic poses Ida Hem is a brilliant artist at capturing energy in her poses what we've got here is a character sitting on the floor, her legs wide open. <laughs> Sounds a bit rude, but one of her legs is coming right towards the camera. So you've got like foreshortening going on. But the thing is with that is, it's very, well, 
before she said she said this character would not have an active silhouette at will this here is is creating an active silhouette because everything is all sort of being pushed outwards so we already know that this one's not going to be be the right sort of pose for this character so what she's doing is though she's got a she's is like she's stretching her head is she's she's got our feeling as if she's a bit like ah oh, a bit sort of frustrated i suppose as if she you know like the anime characters where they sort of thump on the floor <laughs> it's like she's doing that sort of pose and she's scratching her head as well so this is what ida says in the thing she says this gesture is another rather weak representation of the character as mentioned earlier she would not have an active silhouette because that would suggest bigger, bolder motions that she would not typically make. As an insecure character, she would make herself as small as possible. This pose is far too open for this kind of for the kind of person she is. So then what she does next is, what Ida does next is, creates the same pose, but fitting in more with the character. Which I think is brilliant, because personally, I prefer the pose that isn't the right pose for this character. I think it's way more exciting, but like she says, it doesn't come across in the right way. So what we end up with now is, instead of her legs being wide open and sort of like inviting, everything's much more closed off. So her legs are actually pulled right into her body and creating these triangles. But that's the thing. Whereas before it was very open and like sort of inviting you inwards, this one here is like is pushing you away. So this is what she says, and this is what Ida says in a little thing. This is a, a better representation of the same idea shown before. She says, notice how instead of spreading her legs across the ground, she pulls them up against her body to appear smaller, and possibly to feel more protected. She is not making any grand motions, and she most likely wouldn't if she had a choice. <laughs> it's cool, it is. I feel a lot more sorry for her in that one. Yeah, it's quite cool how it's quite cool how poses have a lot of story in them. Brilliant. So the last one we're going to look at, the last one she's sitting, the same character sitting on a little stool. So this one, she's got her feet doing that awkward thing again where they're pushing on themselves. She's also scrunched up, like she's squashed, making herself small. Even though she's still got these nice stretched arms. But the thing is, she's got stretched arms, but her shoulders are pushed right up, almost overlapping her head. So we know this is a good one for this character, because she's, she's squashing herself. And she's also looking a bit awkward. It's cool it is. So in the little thing, this is what Ida said. Something I find very helpful while exploring a character's personality is placing them on a stool. So we've got a little art tip here. If you're struggling with your char character's poses, stick them on a stool. But it's amazing, isn't it? You you could, again, this could be like a little exercise. You could get your same character and the, the, the little drawing exercises. You've got to have that character sitting on a, on a stool in 20 different poses. How amazing would that be to see how you could sit the same character on a on a stool in different poses? I think that'd be quite a fun little exercise. That because I reckon by the end of it you'd be doing these crazy things where they like be balancing on one foot or something. 
She said, why would she look like, what would she look like when she is happy or excited? Her back is, ah, oh, look, her back is still curved, but she's leaning her weight on her knees, which makes the pose look eager and more engaging. Like, that's that thing with the stretched arms. It, again, it goes in with the thing of the one before where she was pulling on a little skirt. What we've got is we've got the character. Her natural trait is, is making her want to go inwards, but there's parts of her that wants to come outwards. So it's almost like you can see that she, there's something inside of her bursting to come out. But but just the conditioning of life has has made her sort of naturally just go inwards. So, but you can see that there's part of her that is is confident and, and wants to come out. I like that. I suppose that's creating a bit of tension, really. Her back is still curved, but she is leaning her weight on her knees, which makes the pose look eager and more engaging. This contributes to making her look happy in a subtle but effective way. How cool is that? And I like the fact she used the word subtle, because that was something I'd noticed throughout this whole article. I think I even said that last week on the on the podcast. I said, I think I mentioned the word subtle. I think I did. I can't. But that was something that kept popping out to me was subtle. Like for instance, where she she talks about getting rid of details in the character, it's a subtle shift. It's cool, is but that's basically that for this. That's it for this article here. After this, the book moves into Faces and Expressions with the artist Ver- Veronen Neyer. That might be a good one to do as well. Maybe I'll do that. If you'd like me to do that, let me know what it looks like. It's looking into Faces and Expressions, Basic Construction. Then we go into Exaggerated Shapes. Oh, look, I think they're doing the same thing again. Then Expressions. Exaggerated expressions. Yeah. It's very cool, this is. Oh, there's laser bit on this one. And then after that, we go into colour theory. It's cool. But basically, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this. So, like I said, my main takeaways from this article. Last week, my main takeaways from the article were that this is a big one. Yeah, there was a nice, there was a nice setup. So, it was a nice balance between theory, examples... And, yeah, theory and examples. So basically a nice balance between writing and images. Also, put, I like the fact that the, the keywords were highlighted. Fun poses and characters. Line of action is the foundation of story. I, I, I said how it's, nice, it's fun looking at positive and negative versions of poses. Because a good way to learn how to do something is how not to do it. Silhouettes. That thing about having string attached to the character, which I thought was cool, and exaggeration. And then this week, the main takeaways were using reference versus imagination. They're they're the same, but there's different things going on, which I I like that. Also, I said what to ask and look for when when capturing gestures. I like that. It's like you've got to be mindful and aware of what you're doing. Throughout the whole process, balance between rules and imagination, exaggeration. That word was there last week as well. So I feel like that's a key word for gesture drawing is exaggeration. But it's about knowing what you should be exaggerating and what not. Also, knowing your character. 
And then we've also got observing the character's weight, balance, the word balance, that pops up a lot as well. Visual flow. I thought that was a sexy a sexy thing to say, visual flow. <laughs> I love it, I do. Visual flow. That's all to do with the line of action and the shapes and stuff. Less is more. That's something that pops up a lot in these articles as well. Our less is more. Because the thing is, you sort of think, oh, I've got to put more and more. But actually, less, less is more. Asking yourself questions as you're bringing characters to life. I love that. Also, the importance of story really came into play this week, I thought, with these characters. So that was the thing. The first bit was all about what gesture drawing is, what you should be doing. This bit here was more about the characters, turning gestures into characters. It's cool. And then I also put the balance of technical and feeling. I loved that the I loved that the the feeling of the character came through in this one. That's the thing, even in the gestures there's feeling going on. Oh, that was a little gentle one. Little Dennis has said It's game over sunshine and little kitty has just fallen over again. I don't know what's up with little kitty today. I think she's drunk. I think she's been drinking. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed that. I absolutely love this article. And what I, what it's done is it's made me really excited for this book. Creating Stylized Characters by 3D Toto Publishing. So I think I'm going to do some more some more of these. Please let me know in the comments and like stuff if you think if you if you enjoy these. Because I am I, quite interested. The little Dennis said it's game over so all we've got left is this week's little inspirational quote and it actually goes to the artist Ida Hem who did this little article (laughs) I love this little quote as well very simple but it's very well I love it so this is this is a little inspirational quote by Ida Hem and it is gesture drawing is about emotions and storytelling I love that and it made me think when I heard that, because this is from the, I read this in the article. When I heard that, I thought to myself, maybe that's why I love gesture drawing so much. Maybe the reason I love gesture drawing so much, because what happened was, when I started doing gesture drawings in 2014, I think, I fell in love with it instantly. You, you know, when you start doing something and you just sort of, it just like connects with you straight away. It, it, it was like that. And I feel like maybe what it is, is it's because what you're doing is you're capturing the emotions and stories of things. So what I love about this is it it means everything has got a story. I've got on my desk here, I've got a, a water bottle. Even that water bottle has got a story. Because if you think about it, if you took all the water out of this water bottle and then scrunched it up, it would be all twisted and stuff. So all of a sudden, the water bottle would have a different gesture. At the moment, it's very straight and static. But like I said, if you scrunched it up, it would have a strange gesture, and that would tell a story. And there'd be a story. You'd look at the water bottle and think to yourself, I wonder how that that water bottle got scrunched up. I love it, I do. I think it's brilliant. So for me, gesture drawing is the best part of drawing. It's the best part. I feel like maybe that's why I stuck with it. Instead of going advancing, I stayed with that. Or maybe it's because I found it easy. I didn't find it easy, but maybe because I've done it so much, I got I got 
maybe it's like a fear of going forward or something. <laughs> I don't know, but I love gesture drawings. So this week's little inspirational quote, gesture drawing is about emotions and storytelling. <laughs> Ida Hem.